to somebody in Africa here? Isn't it amazing? Oh, I wanted to bring Jonah White up. Where is Jonah? Is he here this morning? I think I saw him a little earlier. There he goes. Come on down. I was like, price is right. Come on down. Hey, um, if you're watching us online, um, and if you're here for the first time, uh, we have a little tradition that, I don't know if we did it before I got here, but it's what I like to do. When someone gets baptized, I like to give them a Bible once they're done. Come on up. And Jonah, let me click to that picture here. Jonah was baptized uh, at the end of January. And uh, it's pretty exciting. We're, uh, we're, we're trying to, uh, uh, we have t-shirts made up, I have decided. And so we're trying to do something that's a little bit different so that people will know that, hey, I have decided to change my life, to follow Jesus Christ. Jonah has decided to follow, and I have a Bible for you, okay? Um, this is written in, in that pretty handwriting? It's not mine, all right? <laughs> you wouldn't be able to read mine. Um, I want you to know that this is an important book. Um, this is something that, you can put this underneath it, um, this is something that will, will be a, a light for you. It will be something that I hope you will be able to read and find comfort in. And, and you're going to read it in a particular way now, but when you get older, it's going to have so much more meaning. It's going to be, uh, I would say, coming alive to you each and every time you read it. So my hope is, is that you will keep this really close. Okay, It doesn't do any good on a shelf doesn't do any good whenever it's out of reach so keep it close to your heart because the things in there are going to help you and by the way you're not alone you've got a whole family here who is going to be right alongside you every step of the way cool man i'm i'm so glad that you're here i'm going to pray for you okay god thank you so much for jonah for his decision to follow lord thank you for his courage and his bravery and And I pray that you would just raise this man up to be a powerful man of God. Lord, that the words in this book, Lord, that the the wisdom from family and the people in this room will help to shape him into one who is humble, one who loves, one who is hungry and thirsty for you, and one who is filled with compassion for the poor. Lord, for those people who have no one else. I just pray that you would help this 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 boy to become a man of God. We love you. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it, man. All right. Have, have a good afternoon. Oh, that's great. Well, um, you know, last week I started by saying we had to reschedule Valentine's Day. So I tried to reschedule Valentine's Day for Friday night. Turns out we have to reschedule it again because the wife has the flu. And uh, it's going around, right? How many strains are there now? Like 18? Okay, so anyways, give them your prayers. We would definitely love that. Hey, today is Purpose Sunday. Uh, how many of you knew that coming in here at these doors? Good, great, great. For the ones who didn't know, today's Purpose Sunday. We have uh, envelopes that have been passed out a little earlier, and we'll get to those in just a moment. But I want you to know something, because Purpose Sunday is the day that we pretty much determine what we're going to be doing for the next year financially. And I think before we get into this day, it is important to remind ourselves that when we give to this church family, that we're investing in the kingdom of God. When we give to this church family, we're investing in people like Jonah. We're investing in our teens. We're investing in those people who are the future of our church family. 
And the decisions we make, the investments we make, are not necessarily going to be for us today. Now, the decisions we make may take root today, but we may not see the results of those for five, ten years. You know, our focus is on the here and it's on the now, but with each here and now decision that we make, we are investing in the future of the body of Christ. This is why your elders have spent so much time in prayer trying to figure out what kind of ministry we're going to be doing this next year. This family ministry position that we just we created and we filled with, with Phil Gold. I, there's been prayer and thought and concern with that because they wanted to create a space for families. This is a great undertaking. And I believe that helping families of all kinds to look more like Jesus is that is kingdom work. You know, it's what Brian alluded to last Sunday. And if you haven't seen last Sunday's sermon, you can go online and see that. That's what he alluded to when he, he mentioned this word investment. You know, an investment has far-reaching complica- implications, complications too, depending on what you're investing in. Investments are far-reaching in some ways and i believe that god has had far reaching ideas and dreams and investments here for this church family since the very beginning i believe it i mean those who have come before us they weren't perfect some of them were maybe even scoundrels i have been that it doesn't matter if we're perfect or not What I love is that we come and we give and we invest in the future because because to them they invested and we are the direct result of that in many ways. And now it's our time. It's our turn. It's our investment, our choice to make. So if you have your Bibles with you, turn to Mark chapter 12. This is where we'll be. This is a text that everybody's read and heard, probably even whenever it comes to giving, but I hope that we'll be able to see it from a little different perspective today. So my first question, I always have questions, my first question I'm going to ask you is this, why do you give? Now do we give because it's what we're supposed to do? Do we give to help? Maybe to feel good. Do you, okay, this is a weird question, but do you give to influence? Or in some ways, do you give to coerce? I've seen that before. But no matter how, how you slice it, giving is a part of our culture today. It's part of who we are part of our life we give to nonprofits. we give to churches sometimes we give to our neighbor to the guy on the street sometimes even we have our passion projects and we give our money to those passion projects giving is part of our social structure and as follower of jesus christ i believe that giving should be a large large part of our life of our everyday living now, this is uh, something I was kind of doing some research on. Did you know that giving's not really changed that much in the last 200 years? You know, since churches started way back, giving's not really changed that much. We still pass the plates. Isn't that interesting? 
not much has changed. You know, typically this is after communion is when we pass the plates. Uh, now, only now there's, there's one addition, and that's online giving. That's probably one of the only changes to the giving process that has taken place over the last 200 years. You can actually set up your contribution to give online these days. You know, in the way we have it with PushPay, you can actually text to give. So uh, regardless of how people have given over the past 200 years, it's relatively stayed the same except for those two things. Now, I'll talk a little bit more about those different things a little later, but, but during the days of Jesus, giving was still a very active part of these people's life. You know, the concept of giving, as I mentioned last week, was more intertwined with their faith than it is with ours today. Yes, we have an offering every week. Yeah, I would venture to guess that most Christians, is that, that's probably maybe too general. I'll say this. Some Christians think that giving is optional. Now remember last week how we talked about how connected the idea of giving was to the Jewish culture? For them, it was not an option. I mean, I guess when you think about it, everything's optional if you choose to do it or not. But to that culture, if you really wanted to be in the family, it wasn't optional. Because for most of them, it was non-negotiable. Those religious, God-fearing people, it was not negotiable. It was a way to honor God because He had honored them. And even though it was an obligation, there would occasionally come somebody who did, um, they exceeded expectation. So let me begin. Let's read Mark chapter 12 and let's begin in verse 41. He sat down opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. Then he called his disciples and said to them, Truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. We can stop there. Give like the widow. Let's, we're done, all right? Let's go back to this moment we talked about a little bit last week. I introduced this idea, Jesus in the temple courts. So, so the temple courts would, would be a place where it was, it was usually always a flurry of activity. And people would come for many different reasons. They would come to pray. They would come to learn. They'd come to get their children blessed on the eighth day or seventh day, however they did it. They would, they would do it for many different reasons. They would come to give um, sacrifice, but I believe it was always about coming to encounter God. There were a few types of offerings. Remember that there was the first fruits offering. That was that offering that you would bring the first and best of everything that you had. If you had a, um, a, a great crop, you would, you would bring the first and best of it. You wouldn't take the best for yourself. You'd bring the best and you would give it to the temple. And a lot of this, the priests would eat, and that's, that's how they got their food. If you, if you don't know a lot about the, the tribes, whenever they gave the portions to all of the, all of the 12 tribes of Israel, uh, Levi didn't get a, a portion of anything. They were the priests. So they would be kind of taken care of by the rest of the, the people. And so, so they would bring their offerings, first and best, and, and that would be a blessing to God and to God's people. Now, that was the first fruits offering. The other more recognizable offering that we think of is typically the sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins. And if you didn't have an animal to sacrifice, 
or if you didn't have grain to offer, but you still wanted to give, you could either buy them or you could pay the equivalent. Now, that's a different conversation. Remember, they kind of started taking advantage of all these people. And that's what happens when Jesus went and cleansed the temple. But for so long, if you didn't have what you needed, you would go and pay the equivalent. And that what you would do is, if you needed to do this, you would make your way to the court of women. This is where uh, most anybody could go in. Um, the women couldn't go any farther than this. Uh, but this was the court of women. This is where a lot of these things would take place. They would stop in the court of women in the temple treasury. And they would make their transaction, whether they'd give or however they would do that. And in addition, by the way, to all this, they had a yearly tax per person in this culture. I think Brian, was, we, we, we were talking, and, and I think we figured it out that if, if, if you were a Jewish person in this day and you gave everything like you were supposed to, it would probably be up to about 24% of what you made, right? That's, that's a lot. So they would also do that here as well in this temple treasury. And this was the place that Jesus chose to sit and to watch people give. Now, for some who came to give, they didn't really do it for good reasons. They came to get attention. In this particular uh, area, there were 13 collection containers. And these containers, it varies by who you read, what scholars you read. Some say wider at the top, wider at the bottom. I, I, I've read some things that say that they're wider at the top. There were collection containers that were wider at the top than they were at the bottom. Um, and sometimes these collection containers were known as trumpets. Because they were wider at one end. And so for some, giving wasn't as much an, of an investment as it was to show power, to kind of show your status. Now remember what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount? Remember, when you give to the poor, don't announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do. I used to always think they had a band following them. It's because when you dropped in coins, man, the noise that would make. So as Jesus watches these people giving out of their wealth, imagine the spectacle that some people must have made. Oh, it must have been something to see. But then as Jesus is watching, here comes a woman. Nothing showy about her. He saw that she was a widow probably because she was still dressed in mourning clothes. She was alone probably. Widows during this time are nothing without a man to support them, sadly. Oftentimes, widows would simply give themselves over to the temple to serve. You know, without a man to help bring in the money, the finances more than dwindled, probably pretty quickly, down to nothing. And the widow is probably down to the end of her finances. Who knows what she's doing here? Maybe she's giving everything she has, and she is about to go and offer herself to the temple but she still gives everything why obligation was she expecting a miracle and for whatever reason i don't think she looked at this purely as an obligation it wasn't just a tithe you know the tithe has been the primary method of giving that that primary method that we talk about for years you know, 10% of our income comes to the church, but the idea I don't think has really been practiced. And the common churchgoer, if they, they've done studies, the common churchgoer in America gives about 2.5% on a good year. 
But we keep preaching it and pushing it as if this is the standard of how we give. Granted, I would love it if we all gave 10%. That would be great. Uh, they actually did a study in Seattle that said that if every member of every church in Seattle, and I don't know how many churches there are there, but it's probably not as much as it is in Nashville. But even in Seattle, if everybody gave 10%, a member of a church gave 10%, every family, then, then they could essentially eradicate homelessness and hunger in Seattle for an entire year. That's Seattle. But tithing, it was never meant to be the standard of giving. Tithing is always just supposed to be the beginning. For this woman, I believe she had learned to give consistently and steadily through good times and bad, through blessings, through curses, and through soaked water-soaked land and, and dry, arid deserts. And I believe she learned to give regardless of the situation and the feelings and the joy and the mourning. I mean, this is the road she walked down her entire life. It was the road that led her straight to the eyes of Jesus. I mean, talk about investment in the family of God. I mean, this moment wasn't a last-ditch last effort to get God's attention because whenever that might hit that trumpet, there wasn't much noise. Very little power, very little influence. In fact, once that money left her hands, she literally had nothing <laughs> except God's attention. She had faith that God was going to take care of her. This wasn't the minimum for her. This was sacrifice. Do we give our gifts to God? Do we, do we consider our gifts that we give to God a sacrifice? This is hard for me, by the way. This has been a hard couple questions this week. Because the sacrifice is something that we'll miss when it's gone. Jesus notices this woman's gift because it was a sacrifice. There was another offering that was practiced during this day. Uh, it was considered optional, and it was known as a free will offering. It's in this thank offering. They have a vow offering, uh, a, a peace offering, but there's this thank offering um, that, that includes a free will offering, and it wasn't expected. It wasn't mandatory. It was an offering that you would give to say thank you to God for something He'd done or that you were saying thank you, God, for doing this for me. You know, you're, you're, you're expecting a miracle. You know, you do this in anticipation of an answer to prayer. Now, typically, this offering would require that you bring a three-year-old bull. Um, and back then, um, if you had a bull, uh, it was a subsistence lifestyle back then. If, if, if you didn't work that day, you didn't eat that day. And most people probably didn't have a bull. But, you know, the ones who did, they probably had one. He'd work the fields. If they had two, they probably had a male and a female, and they would use the milk and, and, and you know, try to get some offspring and sell them and things like that. But, but for most people, this was very rare. And if you did have a bull to give, you were probably wealthy, or it was a sacrifice because that would change the way that you did your business, cared for your family. And there was one stipulation here. A part of every offering uh, that you typically did, every other offering, you'd give some to the priests, but not this one. This one was all for you. This, wasn't an option, this was an optional gift, so it was meant to be eaten by the one who was giving it. 
How many of you have ever seen a three-year-old bull? Okay, this is a rodeo town, right? We know what bulls look like. Okay, here's one. And actually, this is not quite three years old. It's about two, and it's already 1,300 pounds. So I don't know how big they get at at three, maybe 1,500. So how long does it take one person to eat, take away from the bones, 1,300 pounds of meat? (laughs) So what does that say about this offering? This is a communal event. This is an offering you don't just do for yourself. Yes, sure, you may be thanking God for yourself, but the whole community is involved. This is a huge party, a celebration. I mean, how many people? We could probably eat maybe half a pound of meat. Some of us probably more. So that's at least a thousand people. And there's everything else too. So imagine, what does it take for you to... Say, how hey, we're going to do a free will offering. Talk about the planning and the community, about families coming together, about, about planning for, for travel, because you couldn't do this anywhere else. You had to do it in Jerusalem. And if you lived outside Jerusalem, this is a group a travel experience. This is an event that, caused, that, that, that needed planning and it needed purpose. Because the sacrifice of thanksgiving to God, it became an investment in the community of God. And this is what it looks like to give out of our abundance. Or this is what it looks like to give out of our faith and to have something be a sacrifice. This widow, she is an example of what it looks like to give regardless of our situation. Because she gave what she had and it got the attention of Jesus. We're still talking about her. A beautiful moment. And then this free will offering is a investment in community in the body of christ and in in what you are capable of whenever you come together they're both investments in the kingdom of god both require faith both require purpose and both require sacrifice so here are my questions our offerings what we give do we miss them when they're gone are our offerings gifts Or do we write a check with the same reluctance as we write a check to the club or to Verizon? Do we give with thankful hearts? Are our gifts sporadic or are they investments in the future of God's people here in San Angelo? This is hard conversation. Today, I'm going to ask you to consider how you're going to invest in this church family. In the Johnson Street Church in the coming year, there are several things that we are so excited about. You know, in a few moments, we're going to be collecting our purpose cards, and our elders are going to be come forward, and they're going to be praying over them, and they're going to be thanking God for what He is about to do through us. But before we collect, I wanted to tell you about a few things that we're doing that I'm excited about, that we hope we're going to be able to reach San Angelo and beyond. And the first one was already mentioned. Phil Gold mentioned that. Go, Mission Sunday. Now this is a little different than the way we've ever done it. Typically, our missions budget is incorporated into our regular yearly budget. But this year, we are trying to to make this a special one-day event to where we get together and we fund our missions event, our missions uh, budget for the entire year. We've seen this in other churches and we've seen God do some amazing things. And I'm like, well... Can we do that? 
There are so many things we want to do. Our missions team, oh, they're just fantastic people, and they have hearts for God. And so on 31st, we'll talk more about that later, but on the 31st, mark your calendars. This is Mission Sunday and a series that's going to be leading up to that. How can we fund our mission efforts in 2019? Mission Sunday, mark your calendars. Next thing, we have a brand new website because we are trying to reach out to our community here. You know, culture's changing, language is changing, and we have been able to use Cody and uh, Tyler Hughes at Relative Marketing, and they have gotten us a fantastic new website. And on this, you can do several things. You can see more about us. You can invite people to go see this. You have a watch online. You can see all of our past sermons right here on our website. You can give online. It's super easy to do. But we know a lot of people, they don't really go to church. So what you can do is say, hey, if you're home this Sunday, go watch us online. Give them the the website. There are lots of our people in our community right now of, of 120,000. I would say that on any average Sunday, you have maybe 30,000 that go to church. That's a lot of people yet to reach. This is just one way. It's not the only way, but it's a way we can start reaching out. Another way that we're going to hopefully reach in is that we've started a new, uh, we, we have a new app too. You can go get it right now if you wanted to go on the app store. It's Johnson Street Church of Christ, and on this is going to be for us so that we can start connecting more together. There's places for prayer requests. There's places for small groups to connect. There's going to be sermon notes. You can watch it online, uh, anything that we've ever done, right there on your phone. You can give right there from your phone. It's hard because there's lots of new technologies that are coming out, and we don't want to be behind (laughs) because people speak this language. And fortunately, we have people in our in our congregation right now who can help us with that language there's so many exciting things we want to do we have a whole schedule planned for the coming year the hope is that it's not just the staff doing this our hope is not just the elders because we know that we have people in our congregation who are passionate about reaching the lost as much as we are and my hope is that that today Whatever we are offering is a moment that we together can lift our eyes and our hands up to God and say thank you for what you have done and thank you for what you will do. I'm excited about what's happening here. I've been here almost a year and a half and it doesn't even seem like it. Because God is present in you. I see it each and every day. And the love of God is going through you and our community will be blessed thank you for being here and for participating with our with our purpose sunday i'll be down here up front and i'll be ready to pray with you Uh, our elders will be all around if you need to pray with them in a moment uh, our guys are going to come down during this during the time we sing they're going to collect these cards and they're going to bring them up to the front and pray so please be in prayer as we stand And as we sing today.